I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. I'm Kevin. And I'm Seth. And it's time for episode number 335 oh. of Video Games Hot Dog, the one with Seth. Yeah. Riff just found we out. We didn't tell Hi. Riff about this. <laughs> Hi. I, I also am here. Seth, who are you and what? And who is your daddy? <laughs> uh, my father's name was Mark. No, uh, I'm a video game designer. Uh, I have worked on a bunch of stuff over the years, including Bioshock Infinite, various Don't Starve things, most recently Mafia 3. Um, I started a company uh, called Final Final recently, and we're working on a new thing in this place. Nice. Seth is uh, sharing office space with us uh, yeah. in our in our new office. And, uh, is, and we don't have a recording studio yet, so instead of asking him to be really quiet while we record this. <laughs> or to leave. To yeah, we asked him to be on the podcast instead. Also, he knows way more about PUBG than any of us do, so it'll be, it'll be a better show. Yeah. Not that it wouldn't be a better show if you were terrible at PUBG like <laughs> like we are. I assume that we are. Oh god, we're so bad. What have you been up bad. to? What have you been up to, Kevin? Uh, I've been trying to grow a beard. I don't like it. Don't like is it, that right? taking up a lot of your time? Or? Yeah, it's all of my energy's going into it. It's it's rough. Uh, yeah, Melissa wanted you to grow a beard. Yeah, she was curious what uh what it would be like and I was uh I was trying to do new things for my partner. Uh, sure. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm up to. Huh. How's, how's she feeling about it? She got sick. <laughs> okay. So. And now she's, she, she's left on a trip. She's was, barfed and barfed and barfed as a result your of your beard. beard. It, it yeah. seems like it's a big hit. Yeah. So far it's, it's going over real well. Okay. So she barfed and then left. Oh, she likes it. She'll, she'll sit there and she like rubs my face, which is weird. Okay. So, I mean, it's so going to grow a lot a, while she's gone. It's definitely that's a true. plus of having a beard. Is a lot of face it's, rubbing? Yeah, you're, you're rubbing your own face or other people rubbing your face. It's a lot more face yeah, contact. Yeah, you could you get to buy a special comb. Oh yeah. yeah who? <laughs> what what is the special comb? I don't know anything about. I've just beards. been using a regular comb. Oh, I I guess I didn't uh, I didn't buy it specifically specifically for this purpose. But the beard trimmer I bought came with a little beard comb. It's nice. It's small and has little teeth. <laughs> when I had a beard, I didn't comb it. I just slicked it down with corn on the cob <laughs> juice. Oh. Is it corn on the cob juice? Yep. <laughs> it's a different kind of juice. You, you mean you just ate a bunch of corn on the cob? Yep. Okay, I get it. it. Was, when I had a beard, juicy corn on the cob. When I had a beard, it was terrible. That's, Can I just that's get the, corn oil and just slather it on my face instead? Is What's corn oil? Oil corn juice. Yeah, it's corn juice. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, seriously, what's corn oil? Is it like a... What, like a... Like olive oil? Corn oil? Just no, like... I, I I get it. <laughs> like, I okay, I could solve for what corn oil is, but like, is corn oil like a thing? Like, could you go to the grocery store and say, give me some corn oil, please? Yeah. Okay, what is it? What is it for? It's just for, for cooking? cooking. For cooking? Okay. <laughs> I... Okay. You never All heard right. of corn oil before? Right. I don't think so. Weird. Okay. Is it is it the same as vegetable oil? Uh, I mean, it is yeah, a vegetable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, more or less. But I mean, if it's you buy a bottle of vegetable oil, different. is it corn oil? Well, I no. I, I, I think prob- vegetable oil tends mm. to be canola oil. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Is canola a vegetable? I don't know uh, what a canola is. It's a ra- it's a rapeseed oil. Oh, they just okay. changed the name. Oh, they changed, oh, they changed the, the name of it. Okay. Right. All right, would it take the gun, leave the canola? <laughs> it's the Godfather. Yeah, yeah, I you saw know? that one. <laughs> um, 
the Cobb father. There you go. Ah. What have you? What have you been doing, Riff? Uh, also growing a beard, (laughs) (laughs) and then just maintaining my current one. Uh, (laughs) I've I've been actually I've been working on kind of an interesting thing, but I I cannot actually talk about it because there's there's a a very slight chance that uh, uh, that someone involved might hear about it and ruin the surprise. Gotcha. Okay, so... So, like, somebody's birthday party. It's probably you, listener. (laughs) (laughs) This is the episode in which we've announced that Riff has a surprise in store for every single person who listens to this podcast. It's It's, it's another goddamn Pokemon card stapled (laughs) to a postcard. Hey, I stopped doing that, like, two months ago. Mm -hmm. I started doing something even stranger instead. I wouldn't describe that... Pokemon thing is strange so much as I would describe it as kind of lame. Oh, uh, there were awesome cards though. They were from Korea. Okay. Doing it and once I, and is and cool. I picked out the good ones. I didn't were I they didn't legitimate use lame ones. Pokemon cards or like weird like black market. Oh no, ones? they they were legit uh Pokemon cards. I uh I bought a bunch of I bought like a box of Korean Pokemon cards because I'm I'm trying to collect all of my favorite Pokemon, every every card he is on in every language that they're printed. I would in. say that's the weird part, not the stapling of them. To we, we, yeah, cards. well, so, so I, I, the, I get that. The the I so the only way to get the Korean one was basically to buy a box of Korean boosters, which turns out they're mm. like half as expensive as everywhere else in the world. So that was actually kind of cool and fun because opening an entire box of boosters of anything is really satisfying even when yeah, you can't that... read any of it or understand what any i guess you know what I mean, the pokemon the, are and the yeah, pictures the, are and the, the and the art is cool and i don't know it's there the the korean alphabet is is kind of different than anything else like alphabet wise that i'm familiar with so it's mysterious <laughs> do collectible card games come with like a cracker jack prize in the booster packs like oh like that a stick would of be good gum? i wish if probably, you had a stick of bubblegum no as a Cracker Jack prize, you'd be so pissed. I don't really know anything about Korean. Is it Does it use an alphabet or is it ideograms? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Okay. Ideograms I guess, would be a really I good serial names. Oh, wow. Are they, are they like, are they like Teddy Grams except idiots? Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Little derpy bears. <laughs> I was just thinking of graham crackers cut into uh, arcane runes, but yeah, know. that's that's better. <laughs> Unlike the like the university professor Teddy Grams we currently eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, huh, yeah. I guess you have a point there. They're, yeah, they're like Teddy Ruxpin Grams. Like oh, okay. he's he's smart as shit. Yeah, I guess unless well, you put a stupid on, tape yeah, in. Yeah, it depends on the tape you put in there. You could put a brief history of time in there. Puts- It'd be great. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Put some jerky boys tapes in there. <laughs> wow. Now he's like four different people and they're all terrible. You could plug them into Grubby and they could both, they had different talking parts. What's Grubby? Really? Grubby was his like uh, centipede friend or whatever. Oh, you know, I maybe kind of remember that. Yeah. They, they were both animatronic so, yeah. robots. Did they both hook up to the same tape? Yeah, because you'd, you'd actually connect, you'd. Pull a cord out of Teddy Ruxpin and jab him. Wow! Jab that cord into the grub. Yep. Man, did they did they sew it up inside there? So you had to use a scalpel the first time (laughs) to get to it. 
Uh, I don't remember. Is wow, that how I... you get new Teddy Ruxpins? <laughs> well, if you connect it from, from one Teddy Ruxpin to another Teddy Ruxpin, then probably, yeah. Well, you just get infertile offspring if it's not species. like male on both ends. It seems like it would be right. Like you can't. Or is there also an input port for for some mystery? Well, I mean, uh, I'm, higher not gonna, order? I'm not going to genderize Grubbins here. <laughs> we don't is, know for sure if it's male on both ends. Does Grubbins have? Is wait? Is the name Grubbins? Grubby. Okay. Oh, grubby. All right. Grubbins is Grubbles. Grubby got the way worse deal on naming. Teddy, <laughs> Teddy and yeah. Grubby. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then I, mean, Rub- I understand how it happened. Grubby had a friend named not a Shithead deal. the Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> grubby was named after uh, Grubador Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> how about uh, how about Jim? Oh, also, man. also continuing to have a beard. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's been going okay. I uh, I only tend to trim nowadays when we're about to shoot super tasters. Okay, because other so like you can kind of tell how long it's been by how long my beard is. Because you're tired of a bunch of soup getting in your beard. Uh, it's because I want to look good for the camera. I see. Do you so you, the same amount of soup gets in your beard? It's yes. just like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like when attention is drawn to it, you want it to look fancy. Oh yes, it's it's got a it's got a pop. This is not like a bad soup clotted beard. This is a good one. <laughs> yes. Some say the camera adds ten pounds, but I bet the soup is really adding the pounds. <laughs> soup is really piling them on. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of soup did you have most recently? Most recently, I like corn syrup and spaghetti soup. I think the most recent <laughs> oh. one was the whey protein isolate. That we what? Uh, we mixed up. <laughs> what? So, uh, last time we shot, Ben was on a, a ketosis diet, and we didn't um, okay. have. So all you just had like like meat and water. Yeah. So we we he he was able to do like one normal soup, and then we did just better than bouillon. We just just had broth. Okay. And then we had. Uh, just melted cheese. <laughs> that would have been a better Ooh. idea than what we did do, which was strawberry flavored protein shake in uh, a bowl. Did, was it hot? <laughs> no, it was room temperature. Oh, God, wow. oh what, you should have at least so, chilled like, the worst It wasn't going to be hot. You got it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was not good. At a certain point, you could just eat a hot dog, right? Because if you're stretching the definition of soup to the point where it includes Look, room temperature strawberry protein no, powder. No, it would have to be a hot dog in a bowl of water. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what Kevin asked earlier, if it was just boiled meat. Yeah. You just keep yeah, the water in there and then it's think soup. Of that. That would have been... I have, I have so many ideas for you, for y'all. Yeah, no, we, we need prompts. Like, it's, it's a real, like... Did you already go through the whole closet of soup? No, no, we do, we need prompts that we have things to say about because neither oh, of us okay. is, are actually super aficionados. So, like, but by the end of it, you will be. <laughs> Maybe if we were having good soup instead of uh, like condensed soup every time. Mm. Well, okay, here's a prompt: try good soup. If that <laughs> would make your life better, that wouldn't be like, nearly as funny. What about super condensed soup? I like. Like instead of adding water, we dehydrate it even further. <laughs> and put it, put it all in a trash compactor and just, just have soup brick. Oh yeah, <laughs> astronaut we, soup. Yeah. We did do uh, uh, the ramen brick, the uh, non-boiled ramen. Oh yeah, you just ate it. 
I mean, we we ate a bite of it. It wasn't like uh, it was it was tacked on to the uh, the actual ramen episode. When I was growing up, I used to eat that stuff by just like putting on the kettle, putting the flavor packet and noodles in a bowl, and then pouring the boiling water over it and going to town immediately. Yeah, hmm. so it'd be crunchy. It was was it like a cereal situation where you have to eat it before the crunch is gone? Because you then it you want a little little bit of the water get in, otherwise you're just eating like weird crackers. Okay, but I used to do that. You don't want to let it get soggy. So it, yeah, it's like an, a ramen al dente. You when, used to eat weird yeah, crackers, or the you used ramen, to? the ramen brick. Like when I was a teenager, I would just eat that mm. without preparing it because I was lazy. The way my mom used to cook ramen, she would boil it, boil the water, put the the noodles in, that get soft, and then she would dump the water out, and I would just eat the noodles. Uh, yeah, yeah did, I've done that. I, that yeah. was that was what I did when I did boil it. The, the, the I would I mean I would have the broth separately. They didn't, they didn't go together in my head. Huh. <laughs> You like, can, um, you can also it, it put like a me. little butter on the noodles or something or like a vinaigrette yeah. dressing or whatever. It took you me want. like 15 years before I actually f- figured out that ramen is an actual cuisine. Right. <laughs> you can go to a r- actual restaurant and order. Mm. We yeah. Didn't... Hearing about a ramen restaurant is like, uh, some hipster bullshit, like right. a cereal restaurant. Like, like I, could I just did see... not eat out as a kid. Like, I had never eaten, I think I'd eaten pizza and like Chinese food. And there's like, that was the extent of my like, all right. Mexican, I guess. Uh, that was the extent of the like international food that I had tried as a before going to college, and then uh, I got to like a, a college town, and there were hundreds of different kinds of restaurants, and it was it was so much large. I guess Denver is larger than Boston, but like Boston, I feel like has Boston is maybe a little more multicultural, yeah, and way more. There, like there's a lot more restaurants you can walk to from where you are, yep. right? So it's like, yeah. Uh, I don't remember encountering a ramen restaurant until I moved to San Francisco. Like there, mm. there must be a ramen restaurant somewhere in Phoenix, but I like kind of didn't even at 35 understand that a ramen restaurant was a thing. I think, I, mean, you know, I right. think it's generally a West coast thing. Like I, I was living in Boston until 2013 or so. And when I left, one of the like first dedicated ramen joints had just opened in in Porter Square. It, hmm. it makes sense because it's closer to Japan, right? Yeah, and everybody's tired of sushi, I guess. <laughs> it's not new <laughs> enough anymore. What's the next Japanese type of restaurant to import? Sushi. Ooh. Poke, oh. Pokemon. That's, <laughs> they, have they? Okay, there's got to be a restaurant that you order a Pokemon and then they just give you some sort of like fish that they've dyed the color of the Pokemon, oh, like God, I hate sliced that. into the shape Definitely, of the. I hate it. <laughs> or, I mean, they only show you the Pokemon that happen to be the color of fish that they already have. Is there a Pokemon that's an imitation crab? <laughs> I mean, probably. <laughs> it's called. Crab fake. Uh, there's a trash bag Pokemon. There's got to be a crab. Crabsent. That's I mean, just a crab that's not a there. Crab. There, there. The question is if there's an imitation crab. Oh, what is it? Yeah. What's the? What's the crab's name? I think it's just Crabby. Uh, yeah, actually. it's just Crabby. Sooner or later, we're gonna. There's gonna be a restaurant that serves 3D printed food. Yeah. yeah. The, the, just yeah. like plastic. Just like yeah, right, a right. It's just well, like a, would, like a toy pizza. The, at first it would be like cake icing probably. Yeah. You could probably do that with like liquefied pasta and actually extrude like your own pasta shapes. Oh yeah. Hmm. What kind of pasta shapes would you extrude, Riff? <laughs> well, that's a very personal question. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, you don't Seth. have to tell him, Riff. California law. <laughs> hey, he's not he's not bound by California law. <laughs> oh. I, I think it's generally the asker is is the law you go by. Ah, Same fine. as like the contract mm. offeree. Gotcha. Yeah. So, Seth, you haven't, uh, as far as our listeners know, you haven't done anything, uh, or rather, they don't know anything that you've done up until now. So, <laughs> what have you been up to for your uh, life? I've mostly been concentrating on formulating physically so that I could be here for this podcast. Okay. Um, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, I, I am working on two video games that occupies most of my time. Uh, I'm trying to keep my beard at a level where it is not so itchy that I pick at it all the time, which mm-hmm. is an ongoing battle. Right. You have that to look forward to, Kevin. Yeah, no, it's the worst. I mean, I, while I agree that it is a little bit of work, it's just like sh- shave. You could shave, right? And that keeps Wait, your beard on. not there. It's not like a battle, right? It's just like a... <laughs> well. <laughs> or do you like? You to haven't have a, seen the tools I have to do use. You, do you have? A, do you like to have a little bit of a beard? I, I mean, I like to have some beard because it just. I think it looks better on me. Okay. Uh, so having that like optimal amount of beard, it, it. I mean, I'm not a morning person, which is when I take my showers, and then to add another like thing that I have to do and be precise about so I don't cut myself open generally is not like a thing that my brain's ready for, especially when I've been for the last two weeks or so getting myself up at like 630, which for me is very early so that I can watch World Cup games live. Gotcha. Um, Do you start been... drinking at 630 a.m. when you're watching <laughs> World Cup games? No, I haven't yet, but I mean, it's not the the knockout round, so who knows? Seems like you could just stay up until 630 more easily than you I mean, like there have been nights where it gets to be like 2, 3 a.m. and I'm like, is bed worth it? Yeah. Here's what I would recommend. Uh, just keep a uh, keep a razor in a cup on your nightstand and then shave like right as you're going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, ideally like as I'm drifting off. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that yeah, way yeah, you, yeah. you wake up in the morning and it's like maybe you won't even remember doing it. Yeah. Or where all the blood came from. Right. Well, I'll probably have a pretty good idea of that part. <laughs> also, ignore the fact that traditionally itching powder is literally made from beard hair. <laughs> is that true? Yes, it's like ground beard trimmings. I don't. I think that's that's, that's maybe true, but like that's like oh, we discovered beard hair is the only itchy thing. Well, no, <laughs> it's, but it's it might it might not necessarily be only beard hair. It might be hair in general. Like, but oh yeah, yeah. Do, is do you think that but powder hair, hair trimmings hair is, is, is more itchy than other hair trimmings? I mean, certainly, the I worst learned thing you've ever <laughs> yeah. taught me, Riff. Like. <laughs> <laughs> They might have just have had a lot of beard hanging around. Maybe that—that's all it was. Yeah, could be. Maybe maybe it was invented by a guy with a with a with lot a, of beard, beard that he trimmed trimmed regularly. Yeah, he like decided one day to to trim his beard and then put his shirt on without taking a shower first, and discovered that he was <laughs> tremendously uncomfortable for the entire day. Huh? It would have been way cheaper to make hair shirts that way than however they made them. Oh, that's you, true. So, Barber, the word barber comes from the same root word as beard. It, like, so I think that means like a sh- person who shaves you rather than a person who cuts your hair, sort of etymologically, right? So do you think there were barbers that all they did was cut beards off? And put and... leeches on you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just, I, I, you know, I like the length of my beard. I just wish it were made of leeches. <laughs> could you, could you cut it off and just replace it with hundreds of squirming leeches? I, I thought you were proposing like they invented shaving so that they would have a place to put the leeches. Well, <laughs> 
Well, no, they, they, they invented shaving so that they could put leeches in places that they needed to be if those places were covered with hair. Right. right? If you need like yes. a head leech, like yeah. you get shaved before a surgery. Oh, same, yeah. same deal. Well, that totally makes sense. Like application of a leech to technically is surgery. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to, I was just wondering if there was ever a place that, that ended up with a surfeit of just beard hair. So, like, oh, is there a barbershop that is only for shaves, not for haircuts? And it's, like, one bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, like, the shoe shine places, right? Like, in the airport. Okay. So, like, you, you, might, you could say somebody set up a beard <laughs> cutting stand. <laughs> well, I think, no, I feel, like, I feel like that's a thing. Like, you, go, you get a shave. You don't get a haircut. You just get a shave at those kinds of places. Huh. Okay. What if and, you have hairy shoes? <laughs> What if your name is Harry Shoes? <laughs> what if you just want your Harry polished? <laughs> I mean, that's that's a thing, right? Like beard oil and beard balm and stuff that exists. Is, true, yeah. So why not take a what, little strap to it? So like, what's what's have, beard oil? Yeah. <laughs> it's not corn oil. oil. <laughs> it's it's probably. Oh, Jim, Jim, you tell me a fun fact about. L- linseed oil oh, yeah. today yeah which is i i have a really hard time understanding it i believe it but i don't understand it same what is the fact oh, tell the fact <laughs> jesus oh, christ you were gonna tell okay. the fact oh the fact is that uh linoleum is made from linseed oil linoleum yeah oh okay sure uh, is it just how <laughs> well so so it, like any plastic is made out of Oh, yeah, well, any, I guess like, that's ultra true. Plastic is made out of petrochemicals, right? Which are oils, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. I can understand how one gets from one to I guess I don't understand how plastic is made out of oil. Because in my experience, oil just stays oil. It's not like you can dry it out and get you plastic. You process it somehow. Yeah, right? I don't, yeah. Like, I, think you, I think you melt it. You melt oil? It's already I think it, liquid. Yeah, that's a good point. There's probably <laughs> some sort of denaturing that happens. Uh, but we were, we're going to get uh, so schooled in our forums. Our, <laughs> that's that's our right. Yeah. Someone, this episode. someone who actually knows this stuff. Yep. An we, oil master. We were hypothesizing <laughs> that since linseed is from flax, that okay. um, they invented linoleum when a, uh, a house with a flax roof caught on fire. And when they put the fire out, it had a linoleum roof. Huh. Okay. Or, or that somebody was like they were heating up a pot of linseed oil and then they got distracted and forgot about it. And then when they came back in, it had boiled over and gave them a cool kitchen floor. Yeah. Right. It's actually kind of a waste to like remodel anything. If you think about it, just like cook up some and- oil. Yeah. Just yeah, <laughs> whatever you want to do, out. just put another layer of linoleum on it instead. <laughs> That's it's cheaper that yeah. like, you know, don't get a new furnace. Just put linoleum on your old furnace. <laughs> Hmm. Um, what about you? What have you been up to this past week? I uh, getting working and getting ready for all of my crap to arrive from from mm. Phoenix. I spent most of uh, most of one day on the weekend, like finishing up the crawl space work that I've been doing in oh, my okay. house, where I tore down a bunch of old walls uh, and added floors to inconveniently shaped spaces that I'm going to fill Truths. with stuff from my childhood that I will never look at again. The inconveniently shaped truth. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like, imagine a triangle with a rectangular section sliced out of it, uh, inconveniently in the middle. And then it's laid on its side. <laughs> That's what the crawl space is shaped like. 
and uh, soon it will be filled with Legos and old video game boxes. And but only triangular ones. Only triangular ones, yeah. I got a bunch of like triangular plastic of storage box. crates because yeah, uh, they're easy a bunch to stack. Of like the late 90s, early aughts PC games came in like trapezoidal and triangular boxes, I feel like. Yeah, and Tomb those are Raider, those suck. Yeah. Those suck because they you can't store them alongside anything else. They don't like collapse nicely and yeah. That's how, bad. You're just not stepping on it hard enough. How are they? What was their shape? The, all kinds of weird shapes. A lot of they started doing like esoteric shapes. Like a like a ancient rune, I think Tomb Raider is the one that like sticks out in my head. It was I think trapezoidal. Yeah, the PC release of Final Fantasy VII was a big trapezoid hmm. too, and then it had it was a trapezoid, and inside it there was like a tall CD sleeve that had all of the CD ROMs in it, in just the like it could have just been like in a long box. Sleeve, the right side. Flax CD, yeah. Like C- F L A C Flax Flax Oh F L A C K This dumb joke has even more layers than you thought. <laughs> Shit. Hmm. Okay. Well yeah. of linoleum, presumably. Yes. Right, yeah. Yeah. Well. <clears throat> well, should we talk about video games? Okay. Uh Kevin, what, what video games have you been playing? Uh so I went ahead and finished Hollow Knight. Okay. Uh, oh, cool. How, how much time did that take? Too much time. I spent way too much time on it. I should not have spent all that time. Was, on it. Were you, were you <laughs> doing things you were... that didn't need to be done? Uh, were were you... In the game? Yeah. Were you doing like well, I mean, are you playing video game... games? Was it yes. <laughs> that, so you played a video. No, I uh... could have. I could have finished it. I I was definitely trying to to see everything. Mm. Did you hundred percent the game? I did. Wow. Not well. That's weird. There's hundred and seven percent possible. Oh. Okay. Uh, and I did not get all hundred and seven percent. Okay. I, there were. There was one boss that I just couldn't beat, uh, and uh, there's a like a coliseum fight. There's like a, the third coliseum fight. I have no idea how long that is, so I just mm. stopped. <laughs> um, I think, like, I didn't look at any kind of spoilers until I had finished, and I was like 105. percent What the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and so I looked, and I was like, I, there, I what the pot and the maximum one was. So, and those are the, those are the only two things I didn't hadn't done. Yeah. Um, so it's, I continue to have these sort of waves of like enthusiasm for the game and then feeling like it wasn't, it was the pacing was really bad. Um, it does a really bad job of like letting you know when there are new areas that you could get to, that you don't know about yet. There are entire giant areas that are hidden in the game behind a particular upgrade and nothing that really signals that, yeah, I, I, I kind of like that aspect of it because it, you feel like you've actually discovered it at that point. Uh, sure. But if you've just been wandering around for half an hour, an hour, not knowing what to do, that feels bad. Yeah, I haven't gotten to that point yet. Okay. Um, the, the game started like that for me. Right. Is, um, is it a situation where like the access to these areas requires <laughs> some discovery on your part through use of the abilities? Or is it just like... <clears throat> You know, a certain colored door is a thing that you can open after a certain point of the game, and you see it there, but you aren't able to access it until later. There are both. Okay. There are things. There are things which are effectively doors that don't look like doors that you don't under- necessarily understand uh, that they are now available to you. I, I, like you, you have. If you pay attention, you definitely have ideas that these two things are linked. Um, you know, there's like a. There's a blue flower motif anytime there's like a weird bulbous blue thing that grants you sort of temporary 
mask like health things and you see that in this weird door and so then i was like well i guess what what happens if i go there with some of those temporary hearts and you get there and then like some some of it lights up and you're like oh shit there are 14 of these little things to light up well fuck now i have to go get 14 of these temporary hearts and not lose them on the way to get back to this door um, no, is that like 100% the game material or is that uh, critical path material there? That is definitely a side thing. Yeah, okay. Uh, in the discussion that I looked up, because I was just curious about the like the per- completion percentages, somebody said that by their calculations, you should be able to complete the game with 11% complete. You should be able wow. to get, the end, yeah. the, get to the end of the game with 11% complete. So there's a bunch of stuff that you don't need to do, strictly speaking. Yeah, and, yeah, and like in terms of the the phenomenon where you're wandering around not knowing where to go that happens almost all the time in a game that like a metroidvania game that you're trying 100% right it's inevitable yeah. that that's going to happen i was thinking back to metroid and why i felt like it didn't have the same sort of ups and downs and i think part of it was because i was a kid yeah and time was less precious so i didn't feel sort of angst for playing a game when i know i should be working and feeling bad about that yeah uh and the other aspect was that there in in hollow knight there are no small little upgrades like the missile containers and stuff like that Mm. and that honestly i think is a big part of it like you just don't feel like you're making any progress at times in hollow knight like there were like hours where nothing about my character changed yeah so i just got to the point i'm like 15 hours in i just got to the point where like i've cleaned out all the shops yep like and those are definitely the low-hanging fruit which is a weird thing and you still only have like half of the stuff yeah it's a weird place to be where like i'm now i'm collecting all this money and i have nothing to do with it yeah you will okay (laughs) keep keep collecting that keep collecting that money Okay. All right. Um, but like for now, I, there's one thing where like I, I can't buy the item because the shopkeeper won't sell it to me until I have more of another item. Yep. Um, but aside from that, like no shopkeeper, it, it's really strange for like this to have been like a motivation for the first 15 hours of a game that is ostensibly about 20 hours long. It's from what I heard, probably more like thirty, but yeah. Okay, it depends on what you want to do. Like, if you just want to see the end, then yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely not gonna hundred percent this thing, but yeah, but yes, the uh, it's it's a very strange, sudden, like almost a. I I want to call it a twist, but it's just a twist in like what I need to to motivate myself with. Right, it's very strange. Have you uh, found the? Um, the circus i don't think so okay because that's that is a way in which you can invest a lot of currency and stuff okay Hmm. i never found that either that is part of the so playing this on the the switch all the dlc is included in it which i think is another thing that was confusing there's just a bunch of extra stuff that wasn't part of the main game is it just you run into it on the map it's a new area just well depend it's all over the place it does there's there are things that are new areas and there are things that are just new content in old areas right um that was one of the things where like people complained about it being hard to find the dlc in dark souls hmm but I think it's actually probably for the best that you can't just stumble into it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that is a whole thing that was separate. And I thought it was really like not knowing that it was DLC when I was playing 
it definitely fits in well and addresses some issues like there's it's it's some cool clever design choices that they made and feels it feels very sort of central to what what the game's mission is or should okay, be or whatever cool um yeah there's there's the game is stepping back from it and thinking about the design of it it is extremely good uh i i like it a lot i think there are i think that the sort of moment-to-moment disappointments in terms of pacing are something that you can't necessarily control because people will will forget that they have seen a place that they could now get to with a new power or they will just miss an opportunity to go to a new area because they aren't paying as much enough attention like this that's you just can't control that necessarily in almost every case that i was wandering around i had something available to me to do i just didn't know yeah Um, yeah then and conveying that to the player especially in a game like this where so much of it is the mood of of not being handheld yeah yeah is is real tricky um the map just feels so enormous as you're exploring it uh and then when you get to the end game it feels very small again which is interesting yeah it's you get a lot of like mobility increases and and whatnot um in the late game which is extremely useful that sounds interesting. That's I'm looking forward to whatever's happening there. Yeah, I mean, and some of the some of the mobility increases are from the DLC, apparently. Okay. Um, yeah, I I really dig a lot of this game, and then when it becomes like, oh, now it's Super Meat Boy, it's so. I what's the mundane is the word I think like the huh. Hollow Knight in, I, I it feels so otherworldly for most of it. Like this is a. It, it feels like I am not like personally in, in the space, but it's pretty immersive. Sure. I mean, exploring this strange place. And then suddenly this strange place has just like, here's a platforming challenge that yeah. feels very constructed and artificial and not like it, it's, it seems like a misstep to me. Are you talking about the, the like white castle? Thing? No, I mean, I, okay. well, I, I, I imagine that's even more so. That is that is almost directly like Super Meat Boy. Okay, where, but I where mean, they're like spinning blades and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I I mean like just any <clears throat> any sort of like difficult platforming sequence, and there are a bunch in there. Yeah, that kind of thing I feel like would be better in a just like a separate main menu item to play the like time trials mode or whatever. Right, a lot of games yeah. will do like if they want to have a story game and then do something with the mechanics that's just real arcadey like they'll just have it as a separate mode which yeah, seems i tend to agree do they do they build these like super meat boy sections into a thing where like you're having to do that while also doing some other element that's core to the game uh usually not <clears throat> i mean some sometimes actually yes like when you die uh you you generate a ghost that you have to kill and once you kill it you you get some ability, not your abilities, but your, your soul, um, your currency and your, your, your currency. And like, you power. can only have like half your soul until you kill the ghost. And mm-hmm. so sometimes like you die and, and the ghost is just in the middle of this platforming challenge. So you have to kill it in midair or yeah, whatever, which is a bummer. Really rough. Um, you usually it warps so to it, like the beginning of the area though. Dynamically, you can get that kind of scenario, but it doesn't sound like it's, Architected yeah, you, to create it necessarily. Yeah, usually it's like okay, now I'm doing now I'm playing Super Meat Boy. Suddenly, okay, now I'm done playing Super Meat Boy. Hmm. It's it's very strange. Like I even kind of feel that way to some extent about a lot of the boss fights. Like it just feels like here's an artificial gate that's 
in the way of me getting to the part of the game that I actually care about. Yeah, I kind of really over bosses in games generally. Yeah, I, th- I think huh. I'm with you. Why, why is that? Um, it, they're so interruptive. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if I'm enjoying like this exploration and suddenly all all my available paths of exploration are walled off by this boss. And it, assuming it's not an easy boss that I beat first time, that's just me stuck bashing my head into this wall until I finally get through it, and then I get to have fun again. And it feels categorically different to you than just, like, a room with a bunch of hard, normal enemies in it that you have to, like, get the patterns for to, to make it through it? Uh, often. Uh, it, it's different depending on the game and the boss, of course, but... I guess they don't tend to do that in places where the enemies are going to respawn, right? Like they, in almost every case in Hollow Knight, at least the bosses are at terminals, and there's you know some sort of reward for beating them. Yeah, but they don't yeah. tend to block progress unless they, <clears throat> unless they are guarding one of the like mobility enhancements. Yeah. Um, God, that which one... I mean, that's a pretty classic place to put desirable power ups, right? Yeah, like it's... but they're sort of all over the place in. Hollow Knight, I feel like. That one super asshole boss that is sitting on a bench. <laughs> Which one is this? <laughs> that vicious behavior. <laughs> that god. And the Aqualung boss. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw Jethro Toll play recently. It was all actually right. a really fun show. Huh. Yeah. Is it still all the original members? No, no, no. Not, not by a long shot. I- Ian Anderson was there and they had like videos of a bunch of old members introducing their favorite songs and telling a little tidbit about it. It was, it was sort of like a retrospective slash concert. Hmm. Um, hmm. His voice is not what it used to be, but damn, he can still play that flute. It's cool. It was good. Anyways. <laughs> video so games. With, with Melissa having gone, is the, is this the beginning of your video games week? No, no. Oh. Uh, that's, that's late July. Okay. Uh, this is just her, this is a short trip. This is going to be my intense work week to make up for all the work that I slacked on while I was, she was sick the past few days. And so like she would want me to make her tea or soup or whatever. And so I do that. And then same thing. She'd nap for a bit. And instead of like working, I should have, um, She'd want to rub my face and I'd be like, <laughs> right. <It's> very, <laughs> she was just sort of like a cat. Yeah. Um, so then after she I finished crawling onto your laptop keyboard and finished Hollow Knight, pawing at your face. Uh, I started, I, I started up, um, Dragon Quest Builders. Oh, nice. nice. On the Switch. On the Switch. Ah, it's good. Do you love it? It's, it is remarkable how much it is like Minecraft with like a plot and quests and stuff and how great that is. Yeah. 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 And like um, a little bit of direction in your building and, and like just tweaking the formula just enough. Like, yeah. Oh, by the way, here's a double jump. Woohoo. <laughs> like, that's so great. Like that would, that would be so much fun in, in Minecraft that like, you should just make super meat boy in Minecraft. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I did feel that way about like, get, Oh, I have a double jump now in hollow Knight. Okay. That's like, every other video game uh, they're all all of them are like that it's like oh yeah it's but it's it, it's weird how part of your brain's like oh cool it's this weird mystical thing and you're like oh no it's just the double jump oh no this is just the dash uh no this is just the yep right like what if you did a real innovative double jump where the first jump was normal but then the second jump was down <laughs> <laughs> instead of up <laughs> 
I mean, I guess that's oh, kind of like dive kick, like so. the Mario butt stomp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there is a dive attack in mm. this. So innovate harder, Zach. Damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dragon Quest Builders. It's great. I haven't gotten very far in it, but uh, just you build to. anything. I mean, I've built the, the beginnings of a town, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the the space that you have to build your town is pretty limited, and I I made a bunch of large rooms early on, and now I'm like I kind of need to break them down and make the smaller rooms that I'm being asked to make, and uh, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I might play through that again. You could build it, like I think you can build a, additional floors to make those. Can you? Ones. Oh. I, I believe so. Stairs exist. But, I, I I put one of those teleport pads in a in a basement I hollowed out, and the camera oh. didn't like it, but it worked. <laughs> uh huh. Because they talk about it has to be within two blocks of the floor to count, but they don't. But yeah, you maybe you can have like tall stuff. I mean, and you can build rooms outside the it town. It just don't, doesn't count it for your. Doesn't count as part of your town, though. No, but I mean it. It like becomes the like because there's like a house out in the woods that you can fix and then it like right. becomes a bedroom. Yeah, yeah. Right. You don't get the points for it. Yeah, for I guess that's true. I don't like, really care about the points necessarily unless that's part. Well, of the if that's a requirement for finishing the quest, which a lot of them are. I mean, a lot of the quests are just like build this thing that's kind of tedious for you to go farm the stuff for or whatever. Yeah. I don't remember if I. I think I got to the end boss and didn't beat it. I think that was the end of my gameplay there sort of meta knowledge i know that there's some sort of like weird resetting mechanic where you have to start a new town yeah like five or six times do you lose all of your inventory and or power-ups and equipment and stuff yes yes although it 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 saves a separate save file so if you want to go back and play with that previous town you can still do that okay so i shouldn't bother collecting stuff because it's just gonna go away not for the sake of collecting it no it's Huh. Interesting choice there. Yeah, I was I was bummed out when I heard about it, but then in playing it, I was like, you know, this is fine. It's actually kind of nice to start over. Yeah, like, that, that is you're just so much arc. faster and uh, like. And are the dragons important? Like, what do they? Are they for something? Or are they just there because it's dragon? Quest? There are. I I don't remember exactly how this works, but I remember like upon beating and and leaving that first chapter mm-hmm. being told that you could have killed all three dragons or something like that and i was like I oh there were three <laughs> so <laughs> there's there's one and i found one in every world that i've teleported to so far yeah so i i don't know if that's just as like an achievements <clears throat> thing or if you actually get something for doing that Okay. Can you cask of Amontillado the dragons? <laughs> <laughs> I've just been digging a trench up to them like World War One style, and jumping, <laughs> jumping and attacking them between their fire breaths. Oh, that's they awesome. They don't move. <laughs> dragons so, never learned trench warfare. Yeah, apparently not. Or so. how to crane their necks downwards. <laughs> <laughs> or to, to move the, from the spot that they're in. They, like, mm. they don't stomp around. I think that... The, I'm guessing the animation budget for moving a giant dragon around was probably way out of scope or whatever. So <laughs> it's just easier to have it s- sit there. Um, it's like how in NES games, all the big bosses were made up of background tiles. Right. And like a head that would move around and maybe a couple of neck chunks. Right. <laughs> the, I do actually want to talk about one other game that I played. Uh, 
So I, I saw this because people were talking about it on Twitter. Uh, so that same company that made that paper.io game that I at first thought was a sort of a multiplayer um I forget what the what it was based on. It's not Snake, but it's the, where you're sort of controlling area. Oh, like Quicks. Quicks, uh, which I thought was a multiplayer Quicks. Turns out that that it's actually just a single player game with that like tries to pretend to be multiplayer. Uh, that same trick. company made a sort of uh, mechanical clone of Donut County, where you're just a hole in the ground and you're like sucking up stuff in a town, uh, also pretending to be a multiplayer game. Um, it's called hole.io. It, I have, I had a hard time understanding this story because Donut County is like a extremely content driven game. Right. And I don't understand how you could make a mechanical clone of it that well, the mechanical- like wasn't effectively like a totally different game. The, I, like the, I'm not the, saying the that this isn't the, shitty. Of, I'm saying I don't understand it. It's just it's just the the like the core mechanic of Donut County. I think uh, not having played it, just having watched it, is that you is that you are a, a hole. You're a, a kachina doll, well, yeah. and you no, that you no. you are a hole, and you're like dragging that around the surface of a of the area, and stuff falls into Things the hole. Kind of physically tumble into you. Yeah, and I you know I don't know if in hole hole.io you get larger as you consume more stuff, and I don't know if that's true. It's, that, it feels that is very, true of Donut okay. County as so well, that, and it feels that feels very Katamari to me. Instead of being a ball, you're just a uh, like a black hole or whatever. And you just yeah, like a procedurally generated Katamari <clears throat> seems like it should be doable. Yeah, I mean, I get like <clears throat> it seems like there was a ton of like vitriol thrown around about this and i didn't a hundred percent understand like like i saw a couple people that were like you know if i had it never would have occurred to me that this was a clone of donut and it's not i don't i think clone is too strong are the aesthetics of it at all similar or even like the the like key art or anything like that you know not i don't think so i feel like donut county strikes me as more of like a cartoony thing and this is just sort of stock it's it's like SimCity style mm. art, like it's cars moving on streets. And yeah, I mean, I I don't know if the claim that it's a a clone is necessarily valid because it's like you were saying, it's like it's all about the like content and charm of Donut County, where as this is really just, I guess the the thing that was frustrating to Van Esposito was that it's the number one free app on the app store right now and and it came out before donut county which yeah. isn't necessarily the case when when these sorts of things happen sure yeah so it's but like i mean a- like if the only thing that they have in common is like it's a game where you're a whole it seems like that's that's a bummer but i don't like i don't really know that i think anything should be done about it oh I no I, I don't think anybody like, else does the, i think the they just feel like there shitty. seems like pretty from what i've seen is pretty basic I think like the the case of what was it ninja fishing coming out before ridiculous fishing right I think is a um that's a much more gameplay driven game I think that that that, w- that was a better case of like the pre clone being a a shitty thing because so much of that game is the the gameplay loop whereas yeah donut county like i I don't even know if I'm gonna give a shit about the gameplay I just want to watch the cutscenes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It was just curious to me that that this was an issue at all because I the the idea of a hole that swallows stuff up is not necessarily yeah new like either the, right like I well I was what? gonna say I 
it it sounds like I I don't know of any other. It's it's not a genre until there are three of them. Well, the fact <laughs> that it, the fact that so, it feels a lot like Katamari, I think, is saying yeah, something, I mean, right? It, and then, like, do you, man? I don't know. Like, does this happen in any other? Is there like, oh, there's a widely anticipated movie about you know, like Asteroid versus Deep Impact or whatever, <laughs> yeah. right? I've definitely well, yeah, seen versus Deep Impact. There's like, two movies about magicians that came out at right at the same time. I've but, also definitely seen like, here's a shelf full of like movies that look like they're trying to be blockbuster movies, but with like one letter that's different in the title <laughs> and with no name act. Anyway, Deep Impact. I mean, the, you yeah. know, if it had been like Donut.io, right? right? Like. It, also, why, why in its current form or in its previous form was it called Donut County? Is that is, isn't that the name of the game? Yeah, I just don't understand it. <laughs> like what? It's maybe it's set in Donut. Does it County? take place in Donut County? Yeah, it makes yeah, sense like, to me. Um, maybe maybe it's a maybe it's a pun that will become clear like eighty hours into the game. It seems like, like it got uh, a lot of residual vitriol from the Baba is You thing, right? Just like a mobile, which shitty. that was oh, yeah. like absolutely horseshit and yeah. probably. I, I missed this. Was there a cl- like straight it up? It wasn't even a clone. Somebody took the name Baba is You, took the student game, made the game in, like remade the game so that it would run on a on iOS and Android and then started just selling. Just selling it and registered uh, at, at Baba is you on Twitter bar and that and yeah bar yeah Baba yes. is you.com yeah just Jesus. like the, yes. I hate and every then part was of like, that was like weirdly like <clears throat> defensive un, about it. yeah unrepentant Real like shitty. what what we asked him we asked him if he wanted to publish through us and he said no what were we supposed to do which like <laughs> that like what, <laughs> what? It, like it didn't even That's seem like somebody being 2018 response like somebody, to that yeah, right. it didn't seem like somebody being shitty it just seemed like somebody who was like too stupid to understand evil <laughs> like <laughs> yeah 2018 yeah <laughs> man is that uh that the that the three yep uh, that makes a genre, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Kevin ha- Hollow, Hollow Knight, yep. Dragon Quest Builders, and Hole.io. Classic <laughs> genre trifecta. Um, I played the first, uh, like, the prologue in the first couple chapters of Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door, which oh, is nice. a thing that I was excited about doing. And it's still pretty fucking good. It still really holds up with its charm and its very straightforward combat. There is more of the combat than I want. Um, and that's not something you can avoid. Well, you kind of can, but it gets harder and harder the more times you have to traverse areas where there's a bunch of guys running around and they, they, some of the enemies, like, they start to get, like, pretty aggressive, pretty fast, like, chase behaviors. Um, and so, but, um, yeah, those games, man. This one, I think, is just the best one of the series. Like, the, the Thousand Year Door is essentially a remake of Paper Mario. Uh, it's not, like, super fundamentally different. Gameplay wise, but um, or even plot wise, uh, man, it's good. And I played today in its entirety. I played a game that um, Tom Francis had recommended on the Creighton Crowbar podcast a couple weeks ago called Far Loan Sales. Far oh, yeah. colon Loan Sales, which is a oh, yeah. real bad book, name. Bookmarked that to look at it because he his recommendations was really strong. It's very good. It's it plays a lot like Inside. Okay. Except it is not. There's never any antagonists. It's a, oh, there are some like oh. sort of environmental threats at some points, but it's not like scary. It's just sort of like 
wistful and lonely. You're kind of, you're kind of piloting this immense craft through a, through a, a, a kind of a destroyed world. And you're like running around hitting buttons inside the, like the vehicle is like the size of the screen when you're inside it. And you're running around hitting buttons to like turn on the engines and like vent steam and like refuel it by throwing things that you've collected from the environment into the, into the boiler thing to, to power it up. And, um, occasionally something happens where you get the, the machine gets stuck and you have to go solve some environmental puzzles to, to do it. It's just very, it's very much like inside. Is that element of like keeping your vehicle running optimally kind of a constant thing or is it just a every now and then thing? It's pretty constant. It didn't get old. Okay. Uh, the, like, because, you know, you can shoot for better fuel economy and stuff. Like, you get, you get a sale eventually, which is not too much of a spoiler a based on it sale? being in the title. No, you know, the name of this game is really bad. Like, it's, it's awkward and it's extremely difficult to remember. And also as a phrase, it just doesn't make any sense. I, like, it strikes me that maybe they wanted to name the game Far, but then they just couldn't. So they yeah. had to give it a subtitle. But yeah, it's a, <laughs> Like I kept having to, I like I finally just wrote it down and read it a bunch of times so that I would remember the name of it to say <laughs> on the podcast. Um, and let's see. Oh, the other thing I played was a game called Space Chase, uh, which was in the May <laughs> 1987 issue of Three Two One Contact magazine. Um, it is a very, very bad game. <laughs> um, so you are in charge. You're, you're the captain of a spacecraft, uh, and you have a, this oh, classic power fantasy. Yeah. It's pretty, it was pretty, uh, it's the SS flea bite is the name of your ship. So this was not written by a child, or at least it was not credited to a child. This okay. one was seemingly written by somebody on staff at three, two, one contact, hmm. and they should not have allowed this person to design a game. The, the program was pretty long because there's a lot of writing for one of these. Yeah. But it, so I, I did OCR it. There is not really a good OCR. So like I found a desktop OCR uh, program, but there is not a good way the way that it's columnated. I would probably submit each column separately. Yeah. So the, the thing that it does is it really doesn't like fixed width things like, so, the way that they're printed is like 10 go to 20, whatever. Like this is like, this is a good program to start with, but like <laughs> it's, it, it pads out spaces, right? So like if the, if the column eventually has three digit line numbers, then oh, it right. pads it. And that just like fucks the OCR in half. It like, huh. it just starts putting tons of white space in hmm. and it like, so essentially I just cut out the columns and then I retyped in the line numbers by hand. And also it was pretty bad at recognizing like punctuation marks and stuff like that. But it did save me from typing all of the just writing that was in the game, which was pretty nice. Yeah. Um, so y your menu of available options is like fire up the engines and then it asks you for a pair of coordinates and you go to that section of space and then you can turn on your tractor beam. You can fire, you can fire your laser guns. Just you can X, Y coordinates. You can run away. Or you can, uh, like hail. You can, you can open uh, communications frequency. At every, at every coordinate, there's always some, somebody there. No. Okay. The, so you start out and you are, uh, you, you have a, a, sh a ship in front of you, like an alien vessel. And so you can blow it up at which point you just 
don't know anything and can't go anywhere. Like there are two coordinates that you can go to. There are two sets of coordinates that you can go to anywhere else you go. It's you're lost in space and it's game over. Wow. Um, <laughs> so if you don't hail the ship in the beginning, which is described as threatening to try to trick you, then you don't hear the weird sound, which is like it makes seven cat noises and three bird noises. So then you know to go to seven three and, and it's like blow it up and you're around a deserted planet and there's a bomb. Um, and you if you blow it up, it explodes like the bomb explodes safely. And then you don't know where to go next. And so if you go anywhere, Jesus. you just die. So that you have to use the tractor beam instead. And the bomb, it turns out our sensors were wrong. It wasn't a bomb. It was just a tin can. It contains eight blue s- spheres and four red cubes. And so you go to oh, eight, four, wow. and there's another menacing alien that, that threatens you and you can fight it in which case you lose and it blows you up or you can hail it. And then it says, hey, I, finally, you got here. The party's just starting. Hooray, you win. And like. So this is this isn't a space sim. This is more like mist. Yeah, it's just an adventure game. <laughs> or like that, battleship. That, yeah. That you <laughs> With type, no feedback. Right, that you typed in the entire thing yourself. And it wasn't like they made no effort <laughs> right, to obfuscate yeah. what was happening. Like, wow. I, it's yeah, I like. I mean, it was 1986, right? So game design, you know, it was in its infancy. Like, to be fair, that was not that much worse than, like, The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> but I, Hot it is, take. I, <laughs> um, it, it makes me want to, like, I, I, what I want to do is make a better game in the same number of bytes of code just to, like, see if well, I can. sounds like that. Uh, well, you may are what word wizard in probably less bytes than that. <laughs> oh, that's probably true. Yeah. Oh, except for all the words. Oh, right. Yeah, words. <laughs> those words had a lot of bytes. Word wizard was pretty good. I wish. I wish that there was a way. I mean, it wasn't that good. It was a, I, for, okay. It was good for a jam game that I took a break in the middle of the jam game to have a kidney stone where I was like in in like so much pain I couldn't do anything for like twenty of those hours. Um. But I did, fi- I did finish the, the game and it was, but that, that environment that you were setting stuff up at won't let you. So you can, you can run games in various languages. Like you can, like oh, set up is, a VM to is, run uh, things in like various languages. Yeah, REPL.IT. Just like a, a place where you can go and type it. It, it provides you with a, a, a REPL, which is a thing that programmers know about. Um, <laughs> And a, a window where you can type in code and you can run the code. And it does this for like a bunch of different languages. Right. And some of the languages, it allows you to also have a file system, but yeah. PHP, it does not. Yeah. So, which was a really like. That's odd. Yeah. Very strange mm. choice. So I just can't, like, I can't make the game available. I mean, I guess I, I like, I have the ability to put a PHP. No, I don't actually. Like, and a like interactive command line PHP game is not oh, yeah. actually a thing I can to, make available. To, I'd have to write some kind of front end for it. You'd have to rewrite it to use a database. Yeah. Could you not store? That's going to be too many bytes. The yeah. data in a non-file, like in a string. In the yeah. co- I think that there. I think I tried that, and there was some sort of a length limit. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Word Wizard was Word Wizard was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> if and if about you do make a game in in the same number of bytes, though, make sure that you list your age. Alongside your oh yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) right not Um, a kid not made by a kid yeah like the idea of a of a like command line basic game jam is a thing that is very exciting to me do you want to do that would you do that with me yeah okay yeah I I was honestly like when I was doing the uh, 
I forget the name of that the STDIO jam was it called? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was doing that, I was like, should I do this in Python or should I do this in AppleSoft Basic? And um, I eventually went with Python, I, and I'm glad I did. Like, I don't think I could have made Dig World or Dig World Realms in Basic. <laughs> um, uh, but like, I, I I am I am interested in that idea for sure. How how easy is it to get? I mean, I guess it's not that hard. I've okay. I feel like I've actually done this in front of you mm-hmm. at some point. I got AppleSoft Basic running in an emulator and was like just wrote some dumb graphics project like what were we doing so that 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 might have been um on on like uh archive that booting a disc on archive.org which in which case you probably couldn't save yeah but why was i doing it (laughs) oh i don't why did i do that i I remember that you were there but i don't remember anything else about the excellent question i don't know and why applesoft like i feel like ms dos basic is oh yeah yeah. no i mean i would i would work in gw basic but it's like whatever basic you were or maybe i don't know would i do quick basic that's getting that's getting to the point where it's more like a real language basic has like you can indent yeah and you don't have line numbers anymore like no gw basic all the way just text text output text input I kind of want to just make this game, but with an actual larger world and some systemic stuff to West do. Of loathing? Yeah. No, Space Chase. Come on. <laughs> you, um, just, you already did, though. You, you made Space Trip. It's already a better game. Well, but it's not, it's not like 800 bytes of basic, oh, of see. GW basic. Code. That's the, <laughs> that's the challenge. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Wait, what, what, so what's Space Trip? Space Trip was a mini game in Kingdom of Loathing that was just oh, okay. a sort of a, like vaguely, I like a, a like a kind of a proc gen star control two homage. Oh man, it's pretty there, good. There are all these mini games in Kingdom of Loathing I'll never get to play. There are dozens. Yeah, dozens I mean dozens we we got games. bored, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like it was like uh, instead of designing more Kingdom of Loathing, let's design something else. Yeah, I'm into that. I've I've made games like that. <laughs> we had worked <laughs> a little bit on <laughs> the idea of making it so you could do some of these things as standalone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that the way that one works is it would be a pretty big pain in the ass to get it working. Not to say that I shouldn't. Although, like, look at this game, Space Trip. Like, yeah, okay. Right. This was cool in the context of being a mini game in KOL. It's not that cool as like just a game. Um, what have you been playing, Jim? Uh, I played a bunch of Hollow Knight. Uh, I've been playing uh, with April. I've been playing the first Monkey Island. Oh wow, nice. Um, had she ever played it before? Uh, no. Had, had you not. ever played it before? I had when I I played it like when I was fifteen or so, sixteen maybe in mid nineties. So a few years after it came out, I played it and I played it in Monkey Island two back to back. Um, so still young enough to be impressionable. Uh, and I was inspired to play it by the video that I linked to on Twitter about, which was it actually made three separate points, but the first one, which really resonated with me, was a. Thematic analysis of the first Monkey Island game, um, making the uh, making proposing that its twin themes were jury rigged solutions and nihilism, uh, which and it backed these up really well. I was really was yeah, that really was impressed. a pretty pretty good video. Yeah, I should track that down yeah, and put it in the put, show notes. Put it in the show notes. Yeah, um, and uh, we're still fairly early on. We just got the. Um, we just beat the Swordmaster. Okay. So, um, so 
she got to get bored with fighting all the pirates and learning the, the so, taunts. So this is a this is a, I, I should describe this puzzle for the people who are probably not probably haven't played this game and probably won't. Uh, this is a uh, it's an adventure game. So most of the time you're walking around like in dialogue trees or m- inventory manipulation puzzles where like you drag like the you drag the flowers onto the meat to poison the meat, that sort of thing. Um, uh, but you are tasked with learning to sword fight. And when you go to the sword, ma- the sword trainer, uh, what he teaches you is that it doesn't really matter so much how good you are with the sword. What matters is how good you are at insulting the person you're fighting. Right. Um, and so what you do then is you walk around picking a fight with everybody you meet on the island, <laughs> every NPC, and... Um, as they learn new, as they use new insults on you, you learn, uh, to use them as well. And then as you use them back at the new NPC you fight, uh, they will teach you retorts. Um, and you eventually build up a, a, a big pile of possible insults and retorts. And then when you fight the sword master, she gives you all new insults. Um, but you still have all the old retorts. You, but you have all the old yeah, retorts. Yeah. First, what you do Sorry. is you go back and you fight the NPCs again and you give them the Swordmaster's insults and they just say, oh, that's not fair. You can't use Swordmaster insults. You still win every time because... They, they can't retort. Right. But you don't learn anything from it. And so what it turns out you have to do is what Zach said, is you have to um, use the old retorts, uh, figure out which one fits the new insult you're given. And so... Um, they had to write um, 15 insults and 15, I think it's 15, and 15 retorts, and then write new insults yeah. to match all the old retorts and make sure, like, there isn't, like, one that'll, like, work on both that yeah, you might yeah. misuse and it for. It's hard as hell. Yeah. I, I re-implemented that, basically, into Kingdom of Loathing at one point, following the same scheme, and it is not easy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that, that's uh, I think it's a famous. I would call it a famous puzzle from that game. So we just did that, um, and like I still think it's a really cool puzzle. But also like the actual act of walking around <laughs> and fighting all these people, and like sometimes you're trying to just you're just trying to fucking learn the retort, and the guy's just an idiot and doesn't know it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you go through these like ten minute stretches where they're not te- giving you any new information. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's too long. And is like, the main, like you're right. Yeah, just- yeah. Like one thing that really struck me was like the uh, Meat Hook's house and the Sword Trainer's house are on opposite ends of the island, and we clicked on one to walk from one to the other, and it took like twenty seconds of real time. Really, like this is an old game. <laughs> this is an old game for people with a lot of time. Because it um, loads every intermediate area, right? Like no, no, it was just like this oh, was okay. the little dude moves around on the little map. Oh, yeah, but it, yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it, obviously, it's accelerated from um, how long it would actually take to cross the island, right? But you, you still have to wait quite a long time. Um, but yeah, it's like faster travel, not fast travel. I've heard the new Fallout yeah, is four yeah. times the size of Monkey Island <laughs> <laughs> or Melee Melee Island. Yeah, I don't the know which one's is, bigger. Is, yeah. Melee Island fit on one screen. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. I. I. Am. I'm really digging it. Like the the atmosphere and the sense of humor. 
Um, the, the part of the game where you are, we haven't gotten to it yet, but it just my memories of the part of the game where you're lost in the woods. There's a maze. I, I spent a ton of time just wandering around that <clears throat> maze and I would be miserable doing that now, but at the time, because I was, you know, 16 or whatever, uh, it was, it just built up this sense of like, this is a, an extremely mysterious place hmm. where you don't like a magical place. You don't actually have to do it, right? You no, don't have, no, you, you don't, don't have to like solve it as a maze. It's no, not you like don't. Zach you can, McCracken. you find a map. That's how you solve it. I don't we, think you even can solve your it eyebrow when I said you don't have to do it. No. Okay. I, Kevin would not be so crass. Yeah, that's, yeah you've, there, there are actually two different ways you get through it, um, and neither of them involves, like, actually mapping it out. Um, and so, like, I've got these very, um, yeah, just a, a very, like, childlike impression of this place as, like, a place of wonder and mystery, and, like, the... As a result, like the color palette and the particular art style of those trees is very evocative for me. And it was mildly upsetting when I saw the new backgrounds uh, yeah. in the remastered edition. But just for the forest, the rest of the art is great. <laughs> is it like high res art or is it like just the 256 color VGA version? Uh, no, I, I mean, I'm talking about the um, there was a. Both mo the, the first Monkey Island games both got a uh, remaster in like 2009, 2010. Huh, okay. And they were done modern high-res graphics, which I think the backgrounds look really good. I think the sprite art doesn't quite work as well. And I'm not sure how I would fix that because um, the way those remakes worked was they actually had the original game code running behind the scenes and you can swap back and forth at any time between the new art and the old art. Oh, gotcha. And so the way it worked was like just every frame of animation, they redrew it in high res. And so they don't, they didn't like add new frames to the animation because it would have been presumably too technically difficult to do so. Um, they just, um, and, and so like all the, the janky, like, uh, Walking into the background and scaling down at not quite the right rate is preserved as well. Huh. That sort of thing. It's 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 pretty strange, but I think it um the value you get from being able to revert to the original art is pretty huge. Or the value I get anyway. Is is that just like a toggle you can Yeah, it's you can toggle at any time, even at any any I think literally any point in the game you can um you can toggle back and forth. That yeah. it? Uh, I am also like because I got excited about it. I started. I loaded up Scum VM on my phone, <laughs> and I started playing Monkey Island Two at the same time. Wow! Not literally like not literally the same same <laughs> second. But... <laughs> I want to see if the, if the same two controllers yes, can beat exactly. the game. Two game, one controller. <laughs> oh, that's Monkey a really, Island One and Two. That's a really neat idea. I was about to express surprise that you were able to find Scum VM on your phone, but then I remembered that you have an Android phone, so of course you can't. Like, <laughs> does it also contain copies of every book ever written? <laughs> like, uh, no. What I had to do is I had to, um, I had to, I actually. I had those games from like 1996 still on my hard drive. Yeah, and yeah I, so do I. <laughs> yeah, and I just dragged those directories into uh, onto my phone and told ScumVM where to look for them. Okay, 
That's cool. Yeah, yeah it's it's a. Uh, I'm glad that's still being maintained. Yeah, me too. It doesn't. It it just barely works. Like the the things are the. These games kind of rely on being able to mouse hover, mm. which you can't do on the phone. Even if you just hold your finger there. Yeah, like maybe that's a thing. That's a thing that would work. Um, and also, they're too small to reliably tap. Like if you're trying to select a line of dialogue, it's too small to reliably tap. So I actually switched it into a mode where it acts like the screen is a trackpad, and so you're dragging a cursor around the screen. Oh. Relative to your finger's motion, and then you tap again to 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 click. Interesting. Which is dumb and awkward, but works. And I've been playing through the game that way. Okay, that's really going to make it harder to beat them at the same time with the same input. Right? It is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, like you can't right click on a trackpad. So here's a stupid the, question: Can yeah. you not just plug a mouse into an Android phone? Oh my god, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> that's yeah i don't know i feel like that would ruin it okay um ruin the phone or the mouse <laughs> <laughs> both or grubby could, yeah could you could you plug a teddy ruxpin into it and just tell him tell him oh what you God. want Guybrush to do plug a teddy ruxpin into your phone and then everybody you talk to on the phone comes oh, out as teddy ruxpin <laughs> No, oh, I'm, I'm so excited. Exciting. I'm so excited <laughs> by this. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> they must have, somebody must have figured out what pins to wire up to, to just do like direct audio input, it, like a pass through Teddy Ruxpin, right? Like, that seems like it would be possible. It's just a tape recorder in there and it's got to be two wires going to a speaker. Yeah. yeah. Well, cause there's the, there's the tape adapters, right? Can you, Oh yeah, God! Just you can just like fucking adapter. American McGee him up and just like have him have his belly open <laughs> oh, the whole no. time and have that wire yes, running with into like full on like surgical forceps clamping him open. Yeah, yeah, and like remove half of the head skin so he's ah! got like <laughs> no. How much is a Teddy Ruxpin? <laughs> what do you think this version of Teddy Ruxpin's like anthem would be? Mm, he's just singing like I, I don't know happiness and slavery <laughs> like it's just like some particularly gross early nine inch nails man that reminds me of this amazing project i saw online where somebody got an old uh like classic rotary dial telephone and wired it up so they could plug their iphone into it and then pick up the receiver on the rotary phone dial zero and ask something of siri <laughs> <laughs> That's really dumb. <laughs> That's dumb and good. Uh, what about you, Seth? We're, we're you're running out of time, so we should. Uh... Yeah, I got to split for too long. Um, I mean, my what have I been playing is pretty brief. It's Rocket League and PUBG. Okay. Uh, one of which we're going to talk about a lot, and the other would or some amount anyway. Um, and the other of which there's not a lot to say. You drive cars around. They got jets. It's, it's, a, it's a soccer. It's a soccer do you, game. Do you actually not? know much I, about Rocket I have League. not played it. Okay, so yeah, for for anyone who is not familiar, is, would you call it a sports game? It is closer to what you think of when you think of the word sports than nearly every other video game besides like games FIFA. that are just literally sports simulations. Okay. Um so the the basic thing is it is a at the competitive level played 3v3 and you all control basically RC cars that have rocket boosters in the back and are capable of double jump. Uh, so by combining jump and rocket booster, you're also able to fly through the air if you're 
have spent hundreds of hours playing it like I have. Um, and it becomes this like high flying kind of acrobatic, super fast paced soccer, basically. Uh, and actually just a couple weekends ago, that was the RLCS, the Rocket League Championship Series, which is their like world their annual international, international. Yeah. Uh, and if you have any interest in this game at all, I highly recommend going and seeking out, like, just watch the finals. Like, when the, when the pros play, the ball doesn't touch the ground because they're just constantly flying through the air and passing it to each other and, and, like, setting it, passing it. It's, it's crazy. How, so, and how do you pass it from? You hit it with your car. So it's and just it's all like about the angle of sort of like it's three three dimensional billiards. What the yeah. f? Yeah, it's that is crazy. crazy. Yeah, it seems impossible. Like that is a game that I look at and I think I would not be able to perform even the most basic operations of this game, it takes, even if there were no yeah. antagonists. It takes a while <laughs> to like get to a level where you're not just waiting for the ball to settle on the ground and then you drive into it. Hmm. Um, which is like honestly, the game is still fun at that point. Um, but it gets to be even more fun when you start to be able to like loft balls into the air and then your teammate like screams in through the air and turns their car upside down so that they get a better quality hit on it and <laughs> drops it down into the net before anyone the, can get up and is the turning the car upside down. Is that like on the right stick? Yeah. Uh, well th- there's like a button you engage like free turning mode while you're okay. in the air. Um, and it, that matters because <laughs> then the different parts of the hitbox on the car have like different uh, like, bounciness to their to their uh, the power that they imbue into the power into the ball so if you hit it with the top of the car you'll get a stronger hit than if you hit it with like your wheels or whatever wow so the the like really highly skilled players are not only flying through the air like most of the length of the field but they're also like doing barrel rolls as they do it and doing like minute corrections to their velocity and, and directions so that they get this like perfect hit and this is all happening, you know, the ball moves about 100 miles an hour or <laughs> kilometers per hour. Like, it's, it's crazy. That sounds amazing <laughs> to spectate. It's, it is, in my opinion, the best spectator video game. Huh. Um, and I think the, the primary reason for that is actually because of its similarities to traditional sport. Like, you, you have a singular object that you as the spectator can watch. Right. And if you just watch that ball, you'll probably see some cool stuff. As opposed to like any shooter or MOBA or anything mm. where unless you have a really deep knowledge of the game, there's no way to know what you should be watching or what's happening or any of that. But Rocket League is just like guys going into ball and then ball goes other way right. and you follow where the ball goes and that's the drama of it at the end. Hmm. There's only like one kind of court and it's always... Uh, I mean, they have a few different modes, but for competitive play, there's like one standard map shape. Is it just a giant soccer field? Uh, it's it? it's like an indoor soccer field, so it's like boxed in entirely. Okay. And there's no like power ups or anything. It's just there's boost for your rocket engine mm. thing that you have to pick up like on the field, and they respawn periodically. But mm. that's it. Okay. Um, that's cool. Yeah, games that use physics like this are it's it's a way to get a lot of complexity into a design in a really intuitive way. Yeah. Uh, I remember JP, uh, JP LeBreton, like he posted a, an animated heath of, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, it's pronounced Jeff. Okay. All right. (laughs) Haraf of, um, catacomb kids and was lamenting how, 
<laughs> I was lamenting how uh, hard it is to get that sort of um, dynamism in a two, like a top-down game. Hmm. Yeah, actually, like the the thing that I'm working on now, we started by prototyping it in 2D because, from a production standpoint, we were like, "Well, it should be 2D because making a 3D game is insane." Right. Um, and we did, and then we were like, "Well, you know, we should do our due diligence to just see what it feels like in 3D." Lo and behold, it's way better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> welcome to the worst decision you've ever yeah. made. <laughs> welcome to my hell. What about you, Riff? What have you been playing? Mm, I went down to uh, uh, Ground Control this Saturday. They opened up that whole big other room, which I guess actually was just not so much a new room as the old room, which had been made inaccessible for some reason. I think they were like building a tunnel between the new place and the old place and were just operating the new place while they set that up. But so, but um, because like when I went into the the formerly old place, but now it is new to me, <laughs> I I recognized it from having been in in uh, in in uh, in Portland before for Retro Games Expo, and I was like, oh, <laughs> so, did they so uh-huh. did they get a new did they get a new venue, and then now they have linked the two through some yeah. They're Hello? like it's weird. They're not even strictly speaking adjacent to each other. They're like catty corner to each other. Uh, but I guess there was enough of an over- overlap that they could get like a, a door constructed in between them. But uh, but yeah, so it's there's like twenty pinball games in there that I had not previously had access to, and so I went in there and dropped five bucks each on uh, Judge Dredd and Champion Pub. Which are both awesome and also very hard. <laughs> Champion, Champion Pub is the racist boxing simulator yeah. Uh, yeah. that <laughs> was the first uh, pinball machine that I ever bought because I just love the racism. <laughs> oh, it's a really good one too, though. It's a really good game. Yeah, it's got a couple cool mini games like yeah. a jump, a pinball jump roping thing where oh, it's, yeah. a, there's I a, finally uh, got up to hard. nine whole jumps on that. <laughs> Nice. And then there's another little one where the, you've got flippers. It's like a speed bag, and you've got two flippers that are little boxing gloves, and you just have to like hammer oh, on real fast. Good. It's so good. And there's a big punching bag in the middle that uh, you use to like train, and then every once in a while a fight will start, and the punching bag rotates around, and there's a little plastic man who swings his fists, and there's ramps that let you kick the ball up to hit him in the face, and that does more damage to him during the boxing match. <laughs> ah, it's so good. So when you say racist, are we talking more or less racist than punch out? Uh, similarly racist yeah, to punch about out. the same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, they, they all have different, you know, it's always like the same, like fat Irish dude they, because they don't actually replace the plastic guy with all the people that they are. But it's like, I mean, there's one guy whose race is gay and he's from <laughs> San Francisco and okay. he just says a lot of really oh. gay things when you punch him or when he punches you. It's like, you know, it was 1990 or 1991, like. Not even really acceptable then, let's be honest. (laughs) The Australian guy's name is Dan Unda, which I thought was actually pretty funny because that's a name, but it also sounds like saying Down Under with an an Australian accent. Like, yeah. Dan Unda. But he talks about boomerangs and wallabies and stuff, right? Like, it's, it's... To be fair. Sure. Australians also spend a lot of time talking about that stuff. Yep. 
Well, all right. Speaking of time uh, and not having a lot of it or not having a lot of it, we don't have a lot of it. So let's talk about PUBG. PUBG, yeah. the game that's taken America by storm a couple years ago and has now been it's it's had its lunch eaten by Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. People so still seem into it, though. Like there's still oh, yeah, millions I mean, it, of people playing. Right? Got plenty of a player base. It's just that Fortnite has gone fucking bananas. I see. Like games pop immediately. Right. You never have to wait for a game to start. There's new maps, which I had never seen until I played it this time. Yep. Um, uh, in fact, the they just added a new map, like the newest of the new maps on like Thursday or something. Okay, mm. can I start with a real basic question? Does the different map matter? I guess uh, at high-end play, you, like knowing the map allows you to find the points where you can sort of have better cover or whatever but I, like i remember people complaining that the what one of the maps was set in the desert and had no cover yeah so it, it does matter like the the types of engagements you get in vary from map to map okay. um, with the new map it's also half the size of the previous map oh. so that is a meaningfully faster. different play experience and to accommodate that they've also set it up so that the uh, general level of loot is way, way higher on that map. Oh, so you don't get the problem of like, I dropped and just don't find a weapon for 20 minutes. Right. Um, so it, it's, it's a, it's a nice faster pace round. I, I did not find the quality of the engagements to be any different because a hundred percent of them are, I get one shot by someone that I never saw. <laughs> yeah, so that was, actually, th- that was my is, experience as well. Were you, were you guys playing solo or with groups? Solo. solo. Okay. Yeah. I have played a lot of this video game and I n- almost never play it solo. Hmm. Um, is I, there any advantage to playing solo over in a group? I mean, th- they are like really different experiences. I think like solo okay. is more of a horror game almost. <laughs> okay. Uh, because you only have one set of eyes and things are happening all around you. The the sound in the game is phenomenal. Yeah. Like hearing explosions or gunfire in the distance, having it be directional was very immersive. And you have to, you make those decisions. Like, do I want to go towards that sound? Do I want to go away from that sound? Like just how close is that stuff? You hear, you hear somebody driving in the distance and are they getting closer or is it for like, What's going on? Like the just the audio cues were were really really good. I upgraded my audio setup just at home when that. I started playing this game a lot. Huh? Upgraded it how? Like you got? Uh, like I surround just like sound. got better headphones and like mm. got virtual surround sound a newer drivers, version, a newer and... sound blaster. Yeah, <laughs> gotta have the newest sound. You put blast. you put in a new Turtle Beach. <laughs> uh, I I desperately wanted a single player mode of the game so that I could spend a half an hour or an hour trying each of the weapons, seeing how they worked, figuring out which ones I liked hmm. and what they were called and the ammo that went with them. Like, does it, yeah. does it not have the training area? There is. Nope. It's so interesting because there is in there the mobile was... version. So huh. I don't know how the mobile version differs overall, but for a while, uh, you would all, when there was still only one map, you would all spawn in the same place in the lobby, and there were tables there with weapons that you could sort of do this thing that you're talking about, right. Kevin. They weren't really hooked up, like, they didn't do damage, right. so it was hard to tell. And you like... couldn't get sights, so, like, it's the most baby bullshit version of that possible, Um, but they got rid of that. Okay. So that's not even there anymore. Huh. And I mean, the, the the established players don't care or want it, but like, it's very alienating for a new player to well, come. New in. players are playing Fortnite, so <laughs> I mean, I I 
have, like I said, played a fair amount of this game, and I actually would still like that because, you know, they every now and then do a tuning change, and, like, mm. the recoil model has changed, and for a while there, after the most recent uh, balance changes that they made, like, I wasn't hitting shots because I was, like, my muscle memory was attuned to the previous tuning. Oh, huh. But then when they released the new stuff, like, I, I would have been really happy to have a, a shooting range where I could go practice a little bit. And, th- like, there's, you have to pay attention to things like the the drop of bullets due to gravity yep. and stuff it's, like that? It is, like, definitely a simulationist, like, military Ugh. accurate thing where you need to be leading targets and accommodating for the distance with bullet drop. And different accommodation at different scope zooms and like it's yeah. Wow. It seems like like I really like the idea of this game and I think it is brilliantly designed and I can I can understand that it is good, but I am so terrible at it that it is pointless for me to play. Like it, I enjoy the the twenty minutes of like sneaking around and hiding and like watching people in the distance and like maybe taking a pot shot or whatever, not hitting anything and then sort of running away. Yeah, but the, like the, there are so many times where I like like it, I will get shot at and just have no fucking idea where the person is. Sure, and like I just don't know what you're yeah. supposed to do about that. Like it, like I mean, in single, you're supposed to have not been out solo, in the open. Yeah, like, like I, uh, just the the two things are one try to be more mindful of your positioning in general, which is, like, sort of a nebulous thing, especially when you're new and don't know, like, where people might have dropped based on the plane path and where, like, what direction they're they're then coming from because of that and what, what the, like, good spots to move to later on in the game are. Uh, but, you know, you can, to a certain degree, optimize for that by just, like, and this is a thing that I really love about the game is kind of reading the landscape and... S- once you realize that a very small dip in just like the geometry of the ground is cover enough, you start to get way more comfortable. I think like you don't mm-hmm. actually generally need to be behind like a full hike thing. You just need to be below like some terrain and that's cover. So the game, the other thing is don't with... play solo. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Game, the game starts with you in a, in a plane and, and you have a choice of where to parachute out into the map yeah and i don't understand like i would jump out of the plane pick a direction and go that go that direction and like fall as without the parachute for as long as i could and still people would beat me there with parachutes yeah that is also like there has never been a time there's never been a time when i saw somebody else and they didn't land 15 seconds before yeah, how, this like, game is which, just full of like really fiddly arcane knowledge that they don't teach you and this is part of why i say like don't play solo if you're new especially huh. um so we should all get together and have you guys not play some solo sure if you're still up for more of this um but like the the you know there's just tons of this arcane information that is not evident and not surfaced anywhere um like so there is some way to, to there fall is faster. a movement pattern that will get you to the ground faster in terms of like where you're angling your mouse. And is that based on physics or is that a glitch? It's how they've made it. I don't think it's based on like, so I guess it could be well, the so, third thing, which is just a weird feature. So I, I think, I, I don't know if this still holds true, but the last time that I like bothered to really test this, the fastest way to get to ground at your target is to, get out of the plane, look up into the sky as high as you can so that you're going as horizontal as possible. And then when you're about like two of the small squares 
away from your distant your destination, then you point your camera straight at the ground and start falling. So you kind of un- uh, counterintuitively like want to describe like the sides of the triangle instead of the hypotenuse. Um, uh, which huh. you would think would be the fastest way down, but because of how they've tuned it with like your relative speed based on these different like angles of approach to the ground, it actually, or at least used to, and en- ended up being faster to do this like totally counterintuitive Gli- thing. Glide sideways until you're yeah. close, and then and then just drop, drop, drop as quickly as you can. I had like huh. I thought I like I remember when I played this when it was new. Like every once in a while I would land, there would be somebody else there. Neither of us had found a gun. And so I was able to punch them to death before they punched me to death. And those are the only kills that I ever got. Like I never once, I don't think I have ever once hit a person with a gun. I I think I hit a couple people, but I never killed anybody by any means. It like I was today, I played a game like just before we started here and I was like, okay, I found some, what I think are pretty good guns. Like, I don't know. They look cool. They're (laughs) guns. Right. And I was running towards a house like in the like the third time the circle shrank. I was like running towards a house that was like in the relatively small area that was closed. Somebody started shooting at me while I was running into the house, but I made it inside. I like went upstairs. I laid down prone at the top of the steps and I was like, all right, maybe I'll just shoot this person when they get like there's only one way in here and it's these stairs and I will see their head before their gun is at a level where they can shoot me like they ran up the stairs. I put the cursor on their head. I hit the button a bunch of times to shoot a bunch of bullets. They shot me in the head and I died. I watched the kill cam and no bullets came out of the me in there. Like, and I was like, okay, I just, I like, there is something wrong with me. I mean, that that, like the game does have some non-trivial number of hackers in it. It's possible that you encountered one, but no, Um, it's, that's not like every time. No, sure. There's no, there's no, this is the other benefit of playing squads. One, I mean, there's, there's a few other benefits. One, you have more eyes to spot people Two, necessarily engagements aren't over immediately because Hmm. in, when you're playing on a team, if you lose all your health, you go into a down state and your teammates can pick you back up. Oh, so that's cool. the, The other team has to eliminate all members of your team in order to actually end the fight. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Huh, yeah, that's, that, that's like a fundamentally different yes. game. Yes. Wow, that... that w- so it just makes it a way gentler introduction. When you're, because you can would, have someone who's played before, hopefully, like coaching you through a little bit of the like fiddly bits. And then if you do, as you're warming up and like getting better at the game, die in a bunch of encounters, they can still get you back and get you back into the game. If you queue as a four-person team, does it... Put you on an island that's just four-person teams? Yes. Okay. Uh, Although oh. you you do have the option of so a solo like being in a smaller a, group and queuing into a server players. with larger groups. Okay, but you can't like be a five-person team in an no, island no. full of solo yeah. Okay, that, okay. Makes, uh, that makes way more sense. Um, so when I was playing solo, it was just a bunch of, a, a bunch of other solo yeah. players. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That at least is fair. Yeah, I would like to play some multiplayer. Like, I wish we had gotten around to it. Although, I don't know why I thought that that was ever going to, that we were ever going to pull that off, given that Kevin and I have really been intending to play some two-player StarCraft Starcraft 2 for the last, like, what, seven years at this point (laughs) that it's been? Have you opened your copy yet? Uh, You still have a boxed physical copy of StarCraft 2. I don't remember. I I think I got the serial number so I could register it with. Maybe we can do some of that during your 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 video game. Your computers have CD-ROM drives now. 
I, I have a, a USB optical drive if you need a ball drive. I also have a USB optical drive. Okay, all right. <laughs> My computer has a CD-ROM drive. Okay. I also well. have a USB floppy drive because I don't throw anything away. That's a mess. <laughs> I have been trying to find a five and a quarter inch USB floppy drive, and I don't think that that's a real the real <laughs> object. Like the three and like, a half definitely I, exists. The, the right, five yeah. and a quarter maybe not. Yeah, you and can I, just get the five and a quarter to three and a half Ooh, adapter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, a little sleeve that you slotted into. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think the, the USB five and a quarter inch floppy drive is over next to the headlight fluid and the, <laughs> and the left-handed smoke shifter. It's <laughs> um, Smoke it, shifter. You would think that somebody would have made one like as a joke, <laughs> right? But like, because... People have stuff on five and a quarter inch floppies that they might want. It's not like they're a hundred year old media, right? Like, if it was a hundred yeah. years old, there would definitely be a USB adapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, if any listeners know how to get stuff off a five and a quarter inch flop, like not like mail them to somebody and they charge you twenty bucks per disc, like that's a bad option. But, yeah. Because I don't gotta be some way. Because there's certainly not like a SATA one. Like, do do the modern way, motherboards have floppy drive adapters anymore? I don't imagine that they do. The way I did it was I tweeted about having some discs, and then someone added Jason Scott to the thread, <laughs> and he invited me to Internet Archive, huh? And then just read my Commodore sixty four discs, huh? Well, mine are not of interest to anybody but me. Well, so. neither were mine. <laughs> well, okay. So, like, I mean, I think they're if he everything, if I could everything's of interest to Jason. I, if I could go yeah. there and if I could go there and sit down at a computer and copy the stuff off myself, yeah, like, no. for six hours, he, I would absolutely he, do that. Right? Yeah, he. Was, I don't want to bother somebody else with this. He was present the whole time, hmm. answering my questions about Internet Archive. Hmm. That's like right down the road for me, actually. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful place. I haven't been in there yet. We should take a Seems field trip. Cool. Okay. Jim, can you get us invited? I, I maybe. Do okay. we have to wear one of those blood-stained suits? I don't get it. Jason Scott wears the terrible, garish suits to oh, okay. events. All right, yeah, it's very off-putting. Oh, I thought you just didn't get his style. Not <laughs> even <the jokes>. <laughs> <laughs> also, yes. Uh, so I forgot what we're doing as an assignment. We're doing the final station. The final station, right? Another Patreon backer uh, thing. It's a it's a pixel art platformer that's like a game where you're got a train full of survivors in a zombie apocalypse, and you keep having to stop and kill zombies and get food and stuff. And it seems like it's probably cool. Yeah, it is on sale on the Steam sale. The last station. You know what else is on sale? The final station. Uh, the last Starfighter. Dot com. Uh, do you know what else is on sale on the Steam sale? West of Loathing. Oh, that's true. Popular video game, West of Loathing. Nice. So if, you, uh, if you're if you a fan of that and you want to pay 75% of what it's worth. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, no, let's back up for a second. I feel like it's probably 45% of what it's worth. Okay. It's probably if like a $20 game that we're already selling for $11. Yeah. If you think about it, it's a 40% sale all the time. That's true. That's not the right 45%. 45%. Okay. You know what else is on sale on Steam? Yeah. Glitter Mitten Grove. What? Another excellent oh, yeah. game, which that actually is worth $20. That's true. In the sense of that's what you charge for it. That's right. <laughs> which was probably a mistake. <laughs> Seth, are any of your games on sale? Uh, Nothing that, that you, like... That, that you get any money from? I mean, probably a Don't Starve thing is on sale, knowing Jamie and Clay. Uh, 
Is but Bioshock Infinite? What did you do on Bioshock Infinite? I worked on Elizabeth, the companion character. Uh, I was doing kind of like character design through level design um, by mm. marking up the world with like stuff that she should care about and pay attention to and interact with. Oh, that's awesome. I loved that um, stuff. Yeah, cheers. It was really cool to work on, and I am insanely fortunate that that was my first like big boy video game job. Uh, yeah, it's a good first gig. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I've been intending to. I've been it's intending all to downhill from there. <laughs> I had a similar experience with Frog Fractions. No. <laughs> you hadn't you made other games before that though? Uh, yeah, and, and like it, it's a bad analogy. I was going to say not for money, but I didn't make any money from Frog Fractions either. So like it opened it a was, lot of doors. It was really my last amateur. <laughs> okay, before yeah. you went pro. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> yep. It certainly did open a lot of doors. I'm not complaining about that. Yeah. It opened the door to our hearts and made you new friends. That's right. It that is you're also surrounded the reason right that now. I have an artist for one of my video games, which uh, is cool. Oh, that's mm-hmm. totally true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird. I'm I'm working with Rachel Sala, who worked with Jim on the the Frog Fractions game. The Frog Fractions. Well, that's is... true. It's on this other video game that you haven't even mentioned that you're also making. Yeah. So I'm making a game that is called Nectar Vector, which is a Competitive, nonviolent game about pollinating flowers with its 1960s psych rock aesthetic. Nice. nice. Are, wait, are you working on two games that you can't talk about and Nectar Vector? No, no. One game oh. that I can't talk about okay. and All Nectar right. Vector, like- which is not for... I, I had this notion that it would be done and for sale in August. Oh, that's so... It is not, so not going to happen that way. Also, nonviolent is a, a particular choice there, because like I feel like there's a lot of violence. <laughs> there's emotional violence. Okay. Uh... <laughs> You get you like they steal your flowers. Yeah, there's a, it's full of slurs and what those you, are violence. You get you get deflowered. I mean, it's a game about sex. Like, yeah, for sure. But well, sex you know, have to be violent. If um, if Whoa. Jane's addiction taught me anything, it's that sex is violence. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number three hundred thirty-five of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. But first, let's have dinner. And audience, I hope you have dinner too. Kakaboobubalaya. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Time for emails. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Seth.